Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan. Welcome to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Jonathan Shuttlesworth here. As we conclude, the finish line is in view. 21 days of fasting and prayer. This, my friends, is day 21. And I want to take day 21 and give you important strategies to carry the results of the fast forward. This is something that I royally screwed up on probably for the first, uh, I don't know, 15 years of doing uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting to open open the year, uh, which is I would treat it like, wow, this is over. Let's get back to normal. And you, not that you lose all the benefits of the fast, but you lose, you lose a lot of what you could have from the fast. It's essentially the equivalent of um, going to the gym twice a day for 21 days and doing two two-hour workout sessions, not letting a carb or a gram of sugar touch your tongue, and then saying on day 22, all right, I'm done with the gym. I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm not working out again. Well, you actually probably would have been better off not ever doing it, and there's not going to be any sign that you ever did it. So... Um, once I learned, rather than focus on the negative, once I learned how to carry the results of the fast forward and use it as a springboard for the year, fasting and prayer is a, is a divine reset. It's a, I was talking about it with my cousin Preston when we were playing video games together a couple nights ago. And I, I never, I don't think there'd be anything on me teaching on this because it's something I realized like last year. You know, maybe, I, I wouldn't say the main benefit, but one of the main benefits is if you don't do something like this, life just takes off on you. This was three weeks to kind of quiet your flesh and quiet your spirit before the Lord and uh, reflect on some things. What don't I want to carry from last year into this year? What what have I been meaning to do that I I haven't even realized it, but nine years have, have blown by, and I've not done something that, that I wanted to do. Um, I, I'm going to do it now. That is one of the main benefits. Hey, good to see you in Arizona. Did you misspell it or did you get out? It's Tubac, Arizona or Tuba City. I enjoyed this lifestyle change. Yeah, me too. So I want to I wanna show you how to not do what I did for many years, which is just wreck um, the fast, you know, I'm going to just watch movies and I'm done. Thank God I went to church these 21 days and I'm, I'm probably not going to go back for a little while. Don't do that. Carry it forward. So this is 21 days of fasting and prayer. Congratulations, by the way, uh, whether you did six to six, whatever, whatever you did, six to six. Um, some people said they, they would do three days, nothing, and then six to six. And, uh, so, you know, there's always some people do more than me. I remember last year we had a couple guys in the church do like nothing but water and light, light soup broths, and you could tell. You don't have to tell anyone when you do that kind of fast. It, it, it shows on your, on your body and your face. Congratulations. And uh, let's do this every year till Jesus comes. You'll be glad that you did. Um, by the way, let's finish strong in the house of God. Pittsburgh, 7 o'clock tonight. Fort Worth, 6 p.m. And I'm going to be giving, uh, I got something in my spirit to preach. So we're finishing... It, at, at 7200 Denton Highway in Watauga, Texas, 6 o'clock, and then Montour Junction, or sorry, and then 107 Patton Drive, Coriopolis, Pennsylvania, at 7 o'clock here in Pittsburgh. 
Don't miss these. We're going to have a celebration. We have special things to break the fast in Pittsburgh. We have special things in uh, Texas. And so I'm looking forward to this. Good to see you. Shiprock, New Mexico. Good to see you in Weimar, Texas. Good to see you on the app. The app, we usually had about 100 people watching at a time on the app. Last night, we went, we're went we edging up on 400 people at a time on the app. So the app is starting to take over YouTube, which is what we want, because I will not throw myself off my own app. Proverbs chapter 4. This is where we started the teaching. Might as well finish it where we started it. Proverbs 4.1. 21 days of fasting and prayer, day 21. Important strategies to carry the results of the fast forward. Thanks, uh, Kristen. Great meeting everybody that came up, too. Thanks for taking that. I don't take any of that for granted. Glad, glad that you're here. Outside of Chicago, Illinois, I'm going to hit there before long. Glad you're all here. Proverbs 4.1. My children, listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention and learn good judgment, for I'm giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instructions, for I, too, was once my father's son, tenderly loved as my mother's only child. My father taught me, take my words to heart, follow my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do and whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. My child, listen to me and do as I say, and you'll have a long, good life. I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. Uh, King James says, I have led thee in right paths. I have taught thee the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. Uh, New Living says straight paths. I want you to write in the comments, straight paths. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Straight path. A straight path for your life. What does a straight path for your life look like? I'll tell you what it looks like. You've heard my story. You know, I've enjoyed this from the word. Called into the ministry at 8. Given the direction of what Bible college to go to at 10 years old. Went at 17, the year I graduated Bible school. And then out into evangelism. Uh, the month I graduated. That's and then here, here I am down the road. Same thing. If we pull up old pictures of uh, our ministry, I was doing the same thing just on a smaller scale. But everything has been headed this way since the age of eight by the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's called a straight path. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, or a straight path. I'll tell you what's not a straight path. Felt called to ministry at eight. Given the direction to go to Bible school at ten. Graduated from high school. And went to work at Walgreens because I didn't quite have the money. Worked at Walgreens for four years. Fell in love with the assistant manager at Walgreens. Moved in with her. Had a baby. And then, uh, you know, came back to the Lord. And then asked if I could still go to Bible school. But now I have a, you know, I have a living girlfriend. I got to get that sorted out. And then went to Bible school. Graduated. Tried the ministry for a year and a half. Quit. Went back to my old job at Walgreens. That's, that's how most people live. Their lives are very not straight. They're crooked. They, two steps forward, one step backwards, three steps forward, nine steps sideways. And you don't have time on this earth to lose like that. 
People are hesitant to preach or, or talk about this kind of thing because you're going to get a, a, you, you get people that get their feelings hurt. You know, I, I, that's me, Brother Jonathan. Yes, I understand. I'm not saying that has to stay you. What I'm saying is from here on, your life needs to be a straight path. Pick a, pick a mark. This is what the Bible's going to say. When you do that, verse 12. So when, when you let God lead you on straight paths, verse 12. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them, for they're the key to life. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. That's uh, verse 12. When thou goest, thy steps won't, shall not be uh, straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. How I many know we all stumble and fall? No. The Bible says there's a way to mark out a path by the Spirit, and when you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Don't do as the wicked do. Don't follow the path of evildoers. So write down, I walk a different path. I walk a different path. If there's a way where I'm to um, make the amount of people watching like uh, larger than like four-point font, I'll be your best friend. So you're going to have to embrace separation. Write that in the comments and in your notes. Embrace separation. Don't do as the wicked do. Don't follow the path of evildoers. I don't do what everybody does. I mean, <laughs> fasting and prayer is, is, is uh, not doing what everybody else is doing. Don't even, did anybody else, I mean, not that you want to be a self-righteous jerk, but you know, when you're on the, this fast, did anybody else ever just like see people eating at the mall or at Wendy's and just go, look at you. Go ahead and stuff your face. Enjoy your average year. I'm not doing what everybody does. For e uh, Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. For evil people can't sleep until they've done their evil deed for the day. They can't rest till they've caused someone to stumble. They eat the food of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. But the path of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they're stumbling over. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those that find them and healing to their whole body. Thanks, Rami. Guard your heart above all else. For it, deter it determines the course of your life. Your life is predetermined by what you put in your heart. Guard your heart above all else. Proverbs 4.23, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead. Write that down. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out, uh, let thine eyes look right on. Let thine eyelids look straight before thee. New living. Look straight ahead. There's things I'm not involved in, not because they're sin. They're not on my path. You want to, hey, Brother Jonathan, you ever thought about starting a business? No. Uh, no. 
I'm doing the thing. I'm not getting sidetracked. Mark out a, now here, here's what we're going to deal with today. Verse 26. Something charismatic and Pentecostal Christians have very little regard for. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Then stay on the path and stay safe. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established in the King James. Write that down. Ponder the path of your feet. Where am I going? Something most people live their whole lives and never ask one time. Just lit around by need. I need food. I need a place to stay. I need a job so I can pay my bills. There's no purpose in anything. I told you when my father went on a 40-day fast when he turned 40, this was the scripture that God gave him. My dad was expecting like a powerful, powerful revelation, and this was all the Lord gave him. Mark out a straight path for your feet, then stay on the path. 27, don't get sidetracked. Write that down. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So my dad was a little bit disappointed that that was all he got out of 40 days of fasting and prayer when, when it first happened, but I think it didn't take long for him to understand the importance of it. And you may be disappointed that that's the earth-shaking revelation I have for you today, but uh, I'm telling you that's what separates the men from the boys in Christianity. It's not difficult to have a good 15-year run in the ministry and then disappear. People do it all the time. That's usually my answer when, I, uh, when adults will show me somebody that something just doesn't rub you right about their ministry. What do you think about him? I don't think he'll be around in 15 years. You won't hear about him anymore. Same with, what do you think about her? You won't hear about her in, in 15 years or less. She has a gift. She has a, a she can draw a crowd, but she's not stable. She's on husband number five. He's not stable. Stability is a massive key in life. And that's what I want to deal with today. If you're an unstable person, then you would you would fast and live your life unstably. I'm done with this fast. Now I'm gonna go. But if you can learn to carry the power of this time of fasting and prayer forward for the rest of the 11 months, it's why we're going to fast as a church every Wednesday together, except for this Wednesday, because we already we're already fasted Monday. Wednesday is going to be our fast day. We're going to talk about it more this year. It makes a difference. Raina wrote, stability is, is a key of life. And you can write that down. Stability is a key to life. Let me have the um, income of Christians broken down, demographic, or the income of Americans broken down by demographic. Look at that. I never even told them I was going to do that, and they had it ready. Jewish. Number one, Hindu, number two, down way at the bottom, Church of God in Christ, Assemblies of God. 9% of Church of God in Christ um, households make 100, that's, this is household, not personal. Household income, 9% make 100,000 or more. That's everybody in the house added together. 
if it's a if it's a black thing, then the Assemblies of God, which is largely white, is only at ten percent. So they performed about one percent better. Why is that? How can you be filled with the Holy Ghost? Know about dominion. Have the highest of all the denominations. Who has the a high the highest re- revelation out of the Bible? It's the Pentecostals and Charismatics. So you wouldn't think they'd be getting circles run around them by Hindus and Episcopals. Presbyterian Church USA that now has the rainbow flag outside their church. Atheist, number five. Agnostic, number six. Greek Orthodox and Eastern Orthodox Christians, seven. Church of Christ that doesn't even believe in the inspiration of God's word anymore. On down the line, average, Mormon, Muslim, all U.S. adults, Catholic, And then way at the bottom, below Buddhists who take a vow of poverty, Assemblies of God, Church of God in Christ. Why is that? You can bring it back to me. A lack of stability. Here's some goals that would be good to set for this year and for the rest of your life. I'm not leaving my wife. I'm not leaving my husband. Jonathan, I feel to attend your church in, in Pittsburgh, but my husband doesn't want to move from our home in Colorado. And I'm then then do what he says. He's the head of the house. Prayer and fasting is not a tool of witchcraft to usurp the authority of your husband. Have a stable home. Give your children what you didn't have. A stable home. Stability produces money. Stop getting fired from jobs. Stop working part-time jobs. Get Mark out a straight path for your feet, then stay on the path and stay safe. Stability. People feel confident to sell their home and move to Pittsburgh and be a part of this church. They know I'm not going to shut it down in two years. I actually feel being called back to evangelism. No. We're stable. Stability breeds trust. Stability breeds income. If you have a reputation as a stable person, that when you say something, you're going to do it. If we took a show of hands, hey, Ms. Manns in in, uh, South Africa, you and your husband are enjoyable to follow on on Instagram. You always look like you're having a good time with uh, with your mother. You guys live right. What did Satan do in the Garden of Eden? He broke down the the stability of it. He he wrecked it. Division, strife, arguing. Those are the things the Bible says the... Can I get that scripture? Stability, or uh, strife, arguing, contention. If you type in those three words, there's a verse in the New Testament to, to get rid of those things because they breed every form of wickedness. Strife, you can search strife, every form of wickedness. Thanks for watching. Thanks for finishing the fast round. What did we finish with for registration? Did we hit 5,000? We'll find that scripture. Just under 5,000, 4,748. But of course, that includes whole churches. So we probably didn't hit 7,000. We probably hit 5,000. 
And we definitely hit 4,748 from all over the world. Yesterday was awesome, Becky. All right, James 3.16. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. 17 stay in the same thought or does it switch? But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Let me see 16 again. James 3.16. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Satan got um, Eve to envy God. He doesn't want you to be as wise as he is. Maybe the thing that you're praying about, you need to just chill about. I'm praying that my husband will. You just leave him alone. Be a good wife. Don't disguise your envying and strife as prayer. I'm back to what we were dealing with the first three days of the fast. If you want to live a peaceful life, stop trying to to turn everybody into what you think they should be other than a Christian. And even then, be ready to give an answer to those who ask. I've been witnessing to my family, but they don't want to hear it. Be ready to give an answer to those who ask. If they're not asking, they don't care what your thoughts are. Quit trying to force what you know on people. Mark out a straight path for your feet. My feet does not involve my mother or my father or my sister Jessica in Montreal. They're free to do what they want. I, I, you know, I love people. I have a mission that I'm going to accomplish that God gave me. I'm not trying to bring everybody in to my church. I just wish my mom and dad, you know, they're still living in Bangor, Maine. I don't know why they won't live, move to Pittsburgh and be part of our church. They're free to do what they want. Don't manipulate people's lives and disguise it as prayer requests. It was great having you in the church, Kelsey, with your husband. You wrote that perspective and change of mindset really helped me out too. Stability. Stop having marriage problems. Just don't have them. I'm not arguing with my wife about anything, except when she watches Netflix while I'm trying to play video games and it makes the connection poor, and and, and I'm hitting like lag when I'm trying to make a pass in hockey and we end up losing the game. Then we get in a massive fight. I start kicking TVs, pulling wires out of the wall, upending furniture, Camila's crying, the cops have to get involved. But except for that, and I'm working on that. Listen, we're all imperfect clay being molded. We all sin differently. Some of us take a pack of gum from the 7-Eleven. Some of us kick the television our daughter's watching and start smashing furniture while she cries hysterically. The point is, we all have perfecting that needs to be done. Stop having marriage problems. Stop having problems. (laughs) Brother Jonathan, I'm having a problem. Stop having them. Don't have them anymore. I'm not having problems. I'm not having any any problems. I'm going to carry Brother Shambuck's mentality forward. You don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. Quit making things a problem. 
You know, you married who you married. That was your choice. I married, I didn't try, I didn't marry a girl that was uh, hot that worked at the restaurant that I ate at a lot who sort of went to church and then tried to turn her into an evangelist wife. I married somebody that was at Bible school that was going to go into evangelism with or without me. My dad met my mom by watching her go every morning while he was getting breakfast ready at Bible school. There's one girl walking to the prayer room at 5 a.m. every morning. I thought, who is this girl that goes to pray at 5 in the morning? So you married who you married. God can change their heart, but don't, don't try to make them a different person. You, you did that. You know, you marry the girl that tends bar at Ruby Tuesday. Don't, you know, don't, don't freak out that they haven't turned into Catherine Kuhlman within 18 months. You did that. You know, my, my husband just isn't as on fire for God. Yeah, where'd you meet? That's on you. So live your life. Pray for your husband and be a good wife. I love hearing how it's all, always the other spouse's fault. Mark out a straight path for your feet. I'm telling you, as I've been telling you for 21 days, that takes 95% of the drama out of life. I'm not trying to get my cousins to turn from Baptist to Pentecostal. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to get anybody to do anything. I sow the word. I do what God instructs me to do, and I enjoy a close walk with God. That's, that's two-way. You know, I don't know. Sometimes I just wonder what the point is of even waking up in the morning and talking. So I've been talking about this for 20 minutes. Do you know why I harp on this stuff for so long? Look at the comments. Renee, what if your husband is not a Christian and you want to move to Florida to go to the river, but he absolutely won't? Do you hear, listen to anything I say? Unless you're watching on a 20-minute delay. Okay, I'll answer the question. Maybe I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. What if your husband is not a Christian and you want to move to Florida to go to the river, but he absolutely won't? Then you don't move to the river and you listen to your husband. That's the Bible order. It's not difficult. You brought a suggestion. It was vetoed. You don't have override power. That's called order in the home. What you're trying to do is called division in the home. I told your father, if he wants to move there, he's, not, he's, he's doing it without me. You're the epitome of what the Bible warns against in a woman. And you're what New York University's uh, Department of Gender Studies has worked for 40 years to try to produce. A woman that you can't keep a household together with. Good luck finding a stronger woman than a Dallas. And, 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 and I'm, I'm not a, much of a pushover myself, and we walk in perfect harmony because of order. doesn't take the strength out of you. Colonels are not weak. Colonels in the military are not weak people. But they also don't try to use. It's not a sign of strength to try to usurp your superior. They listen to generals. Yes, sir. Let me see James 3.16 again.
For where envying and strife is, there's not only confusion, there's every evil work. Soon, as soon as envy and strife entered into the Garden of Eden, you not only had them lose the garden, soon you had a dead son. One son killed the other son. Take that stuff out of your house. Katie said, the woman who destroys, series by Adela Shuttlesworth, is fire. I forgot she taught on that. And I, I, let me tell you something. As cold-hearted as I sound, I know some people did, did marry somebody uh, from Bible school. They met, you met at Bible school. They were a good guy, and they completely backslid. I get it. But you have to have a stable... The, the first thing the devil did in the Garden of Eden was try to destroy stability, and did. You cannot let that happen. Write it down in your notes. This is important strategies to carry the results of the fast forward. Stability. Give your children stability. Look at, look at how, I mean, you can't have more of an erratic life than, than I have, in a way. I, I, I'm going to tell you how, like, even with an erratic life, how there's stability. I'm in Pittsburgh right now with you. I'll be in Pittsburgh for prayer at noon. I'm preaching tonight in Fort Worth at the church in Fort Worth, and I'm going to bed in Phoenix, Arizona. But Camila will be in school today. She's in school right now. I, I appreciate that my parents did that for me. My dad ran all over the world. I went with him in the summers. I had school. I had friends. I had stability. We weren't bouncing from a halfway house to living with my, my dad's parents while he got on his feet because he lost his job. Stability. Many of us that are watching right now don't have that or, or didn't have that growing up. You owe it to your family to break that cycle. Let I, in the name of Jesus, every cycle of instability that's carried into your family generation after generation is broken as we break this fast tonight with communion. And by the way, we're breaking the fast with communion first, so have that at both places. That's a great scripture, Andrea, on the app. A wise woman builds her house, and a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. That's a scripture. Why do you have to stay on this so long? I don't know. Ask God to take it out of the Bible. See if he'll listen. See if you can, see if you can get him to listen to you. What scripture is that? A wise woman sounds Proverbs-ish. A wise woman builds her house, and a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. Proverbs 14.1. A wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. What's uh, KJV? I wish Adonis was here. She was going to come, and then I saw, I saw her. She was sitting up, and I pushed her back down and tucked her back in because she looked so tired. I felt bad for her. Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. You know, maybe the secret to getting your husband 
to go to the church he wanted to go to isn't by nagging him there, but by being such a, a woman that's building your home and helping him out that he starts getting interested in this new thing you found that's turned you into a superwoman. Maybe Adonis needs to break that series back out. This looks like she helped a lot of you. Stability. Put the uh, income demographic back up. Do you want to know why Jewish, Hindu, Episcopal, Presbyterian are high on the list of income and Pentecostals and Charismatics are at the bottom? Do you know what Jewish people have? Stability. They put their kids in Jewish school to prepare for college to study something that makes money bring it back to me and then you know what we have as pentecostals and charismatics there's a kid that's called the bible school he told me he told me he was going to come this this summer then he didn't come this summer so i saw him recently when i was preaching i said are you coming this next summer well uh, yes i just i already got accepted now but i do have to get the two thousand dollars let me tell you something if you can't in america if you can't get two thousand dollars between january and august you're brain dead that's not difficult. It's not a mystery. Write it down one more time. Money is not a mystery. Money's a reward for services provided. You're not work. So I said, where are you working? See, I you, take take the fake spirituality and the devil's block. Take all that out. That's why Hindus prosper. That's why Jewish people prosper. That's why. Uh, Episcopals prosper. Episcopals aren't binding spirits of poverty. They just work and get money and do wise things with the money. So, you know, I just had, you know, and the way he said it, like it's going to be a challenge to get $2,000 by August. I said, well, where are you working? Where are you working, living at home at 18, that you can't accrue two, two grand in seven months, eight months? Well, that's the thing. I was working for a Christian, and they weren't paying. They didn't pay. So that's not working. That that's not a Christian. That's a fake Christian. If he was a Christian, he'd know the Bible verse: "A laborer is worthy of his hire." We have fifty-one paid staff at this ministry. We have volunteers. We have people that help help set up. But anybody that's here forty hours a week, I'm not. You know, if you could just come here by faith, and no, you're paid because it's unscriptural not to. No stability. So there, there, and I'm telling you from looking at his dad, I promise you, he comes from generations of instability. Break that on January 22nd, 2024. If I ask you where you work one month from now, the first word out of your mouth shouldn't be, um, or well. No, there's no explanation. There's a company. Hey, Rom, where do you work? At Revival Today. No, there's no explanation. Um, right now, I'm kind of like going through like a season of... Your brain's not work. Your brain doesn't work. Many, spirit, many Christians have great spirits and poor minds. But if, if you could get your mind developed to match your spirit, you're going to do great. Stability. 
Stop having marriage problems. Enjoy your husband. Enjoy your wife. Stop making points of contention. I'm just really praying because my... Quit, quit it. Like all of it. If he beats you, call the police and get him arrested. If it's something like that, fine. My husband every Saturday goes golfing. Does he hit you with the clubs? People have something they do for fun. My wife goes hunting. I don't hold it over her head. You going hunting again? I bought her all the best hunting clothes and worked it out so she can hunt more. Have fun. My husband smokes. Who cares? I'm telling you as a preacher, who cares that he smokes? Pray about it. Leave it to the Lord. He's not going to stop from you to, I wish he'd put those cigarettes out around there. You, you, you are not a bright person. No man married a woman so he can have somebody nag him at the house. Let me change that. No non-Italian man married a woman. No, I'm just okay. People take a small thing and turn it into a big thing. And you know what? Once you get them to quit smoking, you'll find something else to be discontent about. Let me see the scripture, godliness with contentment is great gain. 1 Timothy 6. Somewhere between 11 and 17, I think. 9 and 17. Ashley, who I like. I want you to write that scripture down, 1 Timothy 6, 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Ashley said, what happens if he drinks? Drinking is more serious than smoking because it's specifically condemned in the Bible. Pray. He's not going to stop drinking because of you. Nobody changes their life from getting yelled at. Nobody. They'll just not do it around you. They'll go out and drink. They'll go smoke somewhere. That's all that's it's going to change. Lecturing doesn't break a hold on people. The Holy Spirit breaks holds on people. That's a good one, Heather. Well, I got women jumping in with even more harsh scriptures towards women. Proverbs 21, 19. Let me see that on the board. But God, but don't forget that. Godliness with contentment. Many of you have godliness and no contentment. And as soon as God solves the thing that's making you un uh, not content, you're going to switch to something else because you're a person that's not content. The problem actually isn't your husband or your daughter or your son. The problem is you not having contentment. Here, here's a good one. Tanya, what would you say to those of us who are new in the spirit and realize all the wrong choices we've made? I didn't know how to be more discerning. I thought I was marrying... Can you stop that from refreshing and let me just have the comments on the app? What would you say to those of us who are new in the spirit and realize all the wrong choices we've made? I don't know how to be more discerning. I thought I was marrying the right person, but I've discovered I've been cheated on for the entire 20 years of our relationship. I wish I knew better to marry someone. From Bible college. Well, it wouldn't necessarily matter that you did it from Bible college. There's, there's uh, scoundrels all over the place. Or someone more godly. I wish I knew better. 
Now I'm experiencing a ton of hurt and triggers. I was ignorant to submission, and now I'm conflicted. If I should submit to someone who's ruined my heart, I realize everything I did wrong because I'm finally understanding God's word since attending your church. I'm conflicted. God doesn't want divorce, so I'm leaning on God for healing. I know Jesus has already healed me. I don't know why it's so hard for me to receive. Uh, that's a great question, Tanya. And you ask it in, in a very great spirit. That's up to you. Abandonment and adultery is, is Bible grounds for divorce, but divorce is, is not like a button you push for a reset in life. It, anybody, ask anybody who's been divorced. It, 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 it carries its own consequences and problems with it. So it's up to you. Do you want to work through the marriage? I would advise that if possible. If Is he sorry? Did he run around on you in his 20s and 30s, and now he's older and not really doing that anymore? You know, there's a lot of variables. I can't do a marriage counseling over YouTube, but I would. Uh, and if he'd do it, I'd get marriage counseling. I'd get a neutral party to get involved. I would work towards restoration. I would also, with everything I'm saying, understand that God is the God that said, I'll restore to you what the locust and the years that the locust and cankerworm ate. What I'm saying, this is not, see, this is why most preachers won't, won't cover this stuff. You can refresh the comments. Great job. You're already doing it. This is why most preachers won't touch on this because there's so many people that are new to the faith and then when they hear you talk like this, like, yeah, I did mess up. See, this is why I guess I've already blown it. No, you didn't. God will help you. What I'm saying is, unless somebody teaches on this side of it, then you're going to keep blowing it. Somebody has to show you what to do once you get delivered. Once you are saved and living for the Lord. God will help you. I would, I'll tell you what I would do if I were you. I would digest all of Adalis' materials on YouTube, all of them. I'd watch every single video she has on. If you were a woman, I'll steal a line from T.L. Osborne. If I were a woman, I would watch everything Adalis has put out on YouTube. You know why? Because you're going to get her impartation. I wouldn't watch... Uh, if it were me, I wouldn't pay attention to real squawk, Kim. Why are you? Because everything's coming from the perspective of somebody that blows through one marriage after another. You know, if you carry that philosophy of everyone's a hater, not everyone belongs with you in your life, some people are with you for a season, they go through marriages like this. From a Dallas, you're going to get a perspective of somebody that's heading up on 20 years married to the same person. It's not cut bait. He doesn't deserve you, queen. That's not a scripture. That's friggin' ghetto divorce mentality that has crept its way into women's conferences at church, taught by unstable women with unstable lives. I'm not saying women are unstable and have unstable lives. I'm saying the women that teach that, if you look at their lives, they don't stay married. They're a mess. Basically, like all men are trash with some Bible language wrapped around it. And you'll get what they have. So on the app, there it is. Recognizing the woman who destroys. 
And that's a picture of an actual lady that goes to our church who we've seen to just destroy things that we use. No, it's, it's, uh, it's a copyright-free photo. Recognizing the woman who destroys. You know, I'll, I'll tell you another thing while, while this turned into marriage counseling. Um, here's a thought. Maybe keep your mouth shut so if God does finally answer your prayer and, win, and save your husband, he can actually go to your church without you having raised your hand every Sunday night letting everybody know, my husband has a pornography addiction. You think he's going to come to church with you? You told 400 people your husband has a pornography addiction? Maybe zip your lips. My husband's mentally abusive, and he has a he he tam he messes with drugs, and he says things to our daughter that makes her cry. No, just tell everybody everything. Just make it so your husband can't show his face at your church once he gets saved. Smart. Try to try to make decisions that people would make with an IQ over seventy. Just a thought. Maybe don't fill the, the, the comments on YouTube with what a, all the things your husband does wrong. Just a thought. Because if you're willing to, to pipe that out here, I can't imagine what you say at home. If you're that unguarded in your speech with strangers, I can't, I can't imagine. If I was your husband, I also wouldn't want anything to do with your God or you. Adultery is never justified, but you can push your spouse into the arms of another person by your own actions. Do you know why we don't do marriage counseling at our church? Because either way, statistically, you lose the couple from your church. If you can't solve their marriage, they go. If you do, they still leave because they've told me so much stuff about their life, they can't look the pastor in the eye anymore. So we send you out to maintain privacy. See, these are stability things. Stability. Unstable people tell all the secrets of their husband or wife to everybody. Be a discreet person. All right. <laughs> I'll take your advice, Natasha. Sure. What's number two to keep the momentum going? Number one, stability. You can't prosper. See, that's good, Tanya. He loves RTC and is attending as well. We're getting in with marriage counseling. Look at you taking the right steps. See, and you know why? I've given you the credit. But at our church, we teach stability. Other churches would just make that marriage an, a, an endless prayer project. So that, that'll go to, all right, you want to go to number two? We'll, we'll go to what Tanya brought up. Stop making things an endless prayer. You know, just keep my marriage in prayer. Just you saying keep my marriage in prayer shows you expect it to be an ongoing thing. What's time? My husband is now going to church. He agreed to attend marriage counseling. You are, you make me feel like doing the ministry for 24 more hours instead of flinging myself off the top of the nearest high rise.
Make practical plans. Number two, systems over goals. Make practical plans to accomplish the thing God's given you to do. That's what Tanya's doing. Oh, Nikki, good scripture. Proverbs eleven thirteen in the King James, please, on the screen. Proverbs eleven thirteen. A tail bear revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. There's a great man of God who worked for another man of God that ended poorly. If you ever asked him about his mentor, he left before all that went down. Hey, um, what do you think about so-and-so? He'd go, I only remember the, he'd tell you all about his miracles and his great means. They go, yeah, but what about him drinking and all that? He said, I only remember the good things. In other words, you're not getting any gossip out of me about somebody God used to change my life. I'm glad you're enjoying this. A talebearer reveals secrets. Out of curiosity, can I see that in NLT? A gossip goes around telling secrets. Yeah, and they should put in parentheses, disguised as prayer requests. You know, for, forget your husband. How about your son? Is your son going to want to come to church with you and you've told everyone he's a drug addict and he's stolen from you? And, you know, even if he goes to church, you're basically making it where he's going to have to attend somewhere else because you've shamed him. But those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence... Let me see in the King James. Concealeth the matter. Great scripture, uh, Miss Nikki. Number two. Systems over goals. I want you, before we end this fast tonight, to write down a daily system that you're going to do that helps you accomplish your goals. Everything I'm doing today, I'm talking today, everything I'm going to do today from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep is in alignment with accomplishing the thing God's given me to do in life. This is doing that. Noon prayer will do that. Uh, preaching tonight will do it. And then traveling to Arizona is not for fun, though it, I, I, I love that place but I'm going to preach there tomorrow night. So it's travel in really, there's not one calorie of energy I'm going to expend today that isn't accomplishing my purpose. And I'll do it again tomorrow in Phoenix. And then I'll do it again the next day in Reno. Then I'll do it again the next day in San Diego. Then I'll do it the next day in LA. And then I'll do it the next day back in Pittsburgh when I come back home to preach on Sunday morning. My life, I have a daily system. It can change. My, my tomorrow is going to be different than my today. Let me tell you a story to implement. To, to Maybe God will use this story to help you understand systems over goals better. I wanted to write a book. I, okay, I would, I would discourage you from talking like this. Maybe I shouldn't talk like this. 
I can't sit down and write. Remember how I tell you don't ever start a sentence with uh, I can't? I can't sit down for four hours and write. I can sit down for four minutes and write, and then on the fifth minute, I'm scrolling Twitter. I can't. I can't sit in a room and type. So I got a different system. Because yours might not be writing a book, but many of you have tried to accomplish your goal, and the way you're trying to accomplish it doesn't work because it's not fit for you. You know what the Lord spoke to me? Because I kept trying to type, and after about three years, I had about six paragraphs. Two paragraphs, uh, uh, a paragraph every two years. That ain't going to get a book done. You know what the Lord spoke to me? I didn't give you a writing gift. I gave you a speaking gift. So find a way to use your speaking gift to produce the books. And we did. I'll do a series, finish the series, get it transcribed, edited, formatted, and published. And now we're cranking out books like this because if I had a writing gift, I could write like this, but I don't. But I do have a speaking gift. So then I altered the system. Write this down. Tailor make a system for your strengths. Think of that. Stop trying to jam your strengths into a system that, that is designed for your weaknesses. Don't use Saul's armor. What's your five smooth stones and sling? I hope that illustration helps. Because many people, they have a goal, but then when it comes to, the Bible didn't just tell you to set a destination. It said mark out a straight path for your feet. And the path you've marked out doesn't fit you. So alter it. I'm going to wake up every morning and pray at 5 in the morning. But you're not a morning person. You get home from work at 2 in the morning. It ain't going to work. Alter it. Even, Even like working out, I can't do an hour and a half at the gym. I can't. Not now. I'm not saying I never will. I can't. I won't go. I can do 35 minutes. Let me tell you the the least motivational thing you'll hear anybody say. Lower your goals. It's better to have smaller, accomplishable goals than some big goal you can't. And then as you reach the smaller ones, then when I hit 35 minutes of working out, I did up it to 45 minutes and 50 minutes. I want to be president of the United States. Okay. Nobody goes... From a Facebook user with 48 followers to President of the United States. So what's your plan? What's your plan? Mark out a straight path for your feet. That's, it's great to know your end goal, but then have smaller accomplishable ones that lead up to that. Brother Jonathan, one day you're going to fill stadiums. I see you preaching in NFL stadiums. Praise God. But I'm not going to fill an NFL stadium until I fir- first fill a local soccer stadium that seats I'm not going to fill a 60,000-seater till you fill a 6,000-seater. So instead of waiting for the big goal, start biting off ones that lead up to the big goal that you can do. You know, even um, when we were setting up to build a church, I said, don't, don't give me like a $20 million thing that needs done. It's just like, we need a miracle. I think that's why people run to the loan office and stuff. Because like, I can't get $20 million. I said, break it down into like five phases. At three and a half million each. 
and let's bite it off. Bite it off. You don't eat a 40-ounce uh, prime rib. This boy, if this isn't the last day of a fast illustration, I'll know what it is. You don't eat a 40-ounce prime rib in one bite, you'll die. You methodically go through it. Break it down. So I'm giving you that for a second thing. Take your end goal and break it down into small, accomplishable steps. Then make a system of something you do every day to go after that thing. That's a great scripture, Joseph Addy. Put Ecclesiastes 7, 8 and the King James up. You guys are really helping me today. I really enjoy this, man. I, I'm telling you, in the morning, not when my alarm goes off probably, but later in the day, I'm going to miss. I, I really enjoyed these three weeks together. It's like a throwback to before I was pastoring. Ecclesiastes 7.8. This is written by the richest man who ever lived. This guy had more money under his couch cushions than Gary Vaynerchuk and Tony Robbins will make their whole life. Remember that when you read Ecclesiastes and Proverbs. Quit reading from lesser sources. This is the Holy Ghost who will make you richer than anybody could ever hope. Where, the, where rich people will call you rich. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. You know what that means? It's basically Solomon telling you, quit buying Instagram followers. Everybody wants to be at the end and have half a million followers and a huge thing. You're not there yet, but the end will be better than the beginning. Be patient. Not patiently waiting for it to happen, patiently working to make it happen. Write, down, write that down. Not patiently waiting, patiently working. You've seen this grow. Almost every day we were on, we had a 1,000 plus people watching on YouTube. If you follow this ministry for five years or more, did we ever have a 1,000 people watching on YouTube? Never. We were happy the first time we went over 100 watching at a time. But the end of a thing's better than the beginning. Keep going. Not patiently waiting. Not waiting for my book. I found a different system. Patiently working. Number three, and I'll close with this. Important strategies to carry the results of the fast forward. Love y'all. Jennifer, Marie, Greg, Leanne, Tori, Anna, Ruben and Julia. Looking forward to seeing you in California. Raina. Raina said, I remember when we hit 100. When we hit 100 on YouTube, or it might have been Facebook, Rom, came, Rom and Nick came from the back holding a paper sign that said 100 flashing at me. Now we have that to watch the ads that come on before I, I go on, you know. Just keep, keep going. Be patient. Don't be ashamed of where you're at. Let's see some old uh, ministry pictures just to show you, just to get this will encourage you. I'll cycle through them real quick. India. Go ahead. You can, you can move fast. 
First office, that's Magalis' spare bedroom. That was Revival Today office with one employee. Keep going. Look how excited we were. We were I've never tried to be something that I'm not. I was always ha happy that I... Pause. You know what I was happy? I was thrilled that I was in full-time ministry. Get office and employees and everything. I was doing the thing that I wanted to do all day, every day. What a dream. Continue. First office. Second office. That's the whole thing right there. 800, 900 square feet. Do you, know how, do you know how thrilled I was that we could afford that furniture from Ikea? I couldn't afford furniture for my apartment. Back up one. And, and now I could afford two tables, two workstations, two computers. Dawson and I used to do all of our ministry com, uh, computer work off one iPhone. We only had one to share. This was I, it, the whole way I was thanking God. All right, keep going. And uh, Dallas's first women's conference, 45, 60 women. But you know, that's a big deal to get 45 or 60 women to come follow you down to Florida and fly and stuff. Continue. New office. Big move. Keep going. Oh, man. You know how special that picture is to me? I didn't know they were going to show that. That's the first church I, I, I ever started by the grace of God. That's in Hana, Maui. That's my sister leading worship. That's the first time I ever took my own money and rented an auditorium. There was no church there to participate. I rounded those Hawaiians up and started the church there. I'm saying, hi, right, by the grace of God. You understand? That's implied. I'm, I'm, but I'm saying that's not me speaking at somebody's church. That's me in Helene Hall that I rented for three days and then went door to door myself. And Hello, my name is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I'm an evangelist. I'm going to be preaching here. I would love if you came to the meeting. All right. Those are the people. There's India. Keep going. Love you, Tina and Prakash, if anybody sends us to you. That's Montreal. At the old building that's now Good News Chapel. That was when it was Fob Street Church. Continue. Well, I mean, I'm talking about small beginnings. This blew up out of nowhere. That's the that's a hockey arena that had about six thousand people in it. That that was set up by the Pennsylvania Delaware District of the Assemblies of God, and they they had me preach it. There's our first um, New Year's Eve banquet for our partners. We were so thrilled we packed that room in Harrisburg. Continue. Had a great time. First time going live. Had to shut all the phones off. Continue. There it is. Keep going. All right, that's enough. Unless you have like a really good one that you, you wanted me to see before you go off. Do one more. Your pick, dealer's choice. Oh, yeah. Northern Uganda, Sudanese refugee resettlement camp. Everyone's seen a white person for the first time. Look at him. There's the meeting that night. Praise God.
That was awesome. Number three. I'm closing with this. Don't play with the ministry. Write that down. Don't play with the ministry. Let me see income demographic again. You know why Pentecostals are at the bottom of this chart? Household income of U.S. religious groups. Want to know why Pentecostals are at the bottom? They play with the ministry. Bring it back to me. Yeah, I've really been feeling to go into the ministry. I don't believe you. Work your job. Ministry is not something you go into when you get bored with your job. And I want to tell you what happens when you get to be my age, 43, 53. Eternity starts becoming more important to you. So if people don't teach you correctly, you don't see the value in running a construction company. All I'm doing is building houses, but what am I doing to build the kingdom? Well, if you'll build your company to be a hundred million a year entity, your tithe would be 10 million a year and you could build the kingdom more than becoming, taking an online ministry course, getting licensed with some goofball outfit and becoming an associate pastor that speaks every other Wednesday night. Build the thing God gave you to do. Don't get bored with it and be, do a little ministry and a little business. That's the problem. Either go full-time in the ministry or go full-time in business. And build your business. And don't get bored. Again, mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the path and stay straight. Don't take a hard left turn, into even if it's into ministry. Remember it says in uh, Proverbs 4, don't get sidetracked. Write down, don't get distracted. Ministry that you're not called to can be a distraction the enemy uses. If he can't distract you with evil things like cocaine and parties, he'll distract you with things that sound good. My wife and I just want to do like a lot of missions trips. So I'm, 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 shut, I'm like toning down the business because we want to go to Guatemala and help paint homes. That sounds good. That's going to have a lot of Christians like nod their head. You won't get it from me. Should build your business. Or shut it down and be a full-time missionary to Guatemala. But don't, don't dabble. Don't have one hand on a business, one hand on the ministry, and, and do a 25% job at both once. Go for, go for it. Stop dabbling in the ministry. Somebody wrote, huh, I might have messed up there. I'm glad at least you, you realize it. Because trust me, you're not the only one. It's, what, it's why Pentecostal Christians are at the bottom of the income bracket. Because they don't focus. They are unfocused. I've spent my whole life with them. They are unfocused people. My wife has kind of like a prophetic ministry. No, she doesn't. She doesn't have any ministry. She's lazy and doesn't want to work a job. And now that you don't need $200,000 to start a media ministry, 
or a million dollars, you just can go live on your phone. She's doing that. Stop dabbling in the ministry. You're either in it or you're not in it. It's a full it's a full-time calling. It's not something you go into when you hit 55 and you're bored with your assignment. Build the thing God gave you to the next level. Kevin Mercer's on here from Kentucky. I like seeing him build his realty business. I like that he's not taking the, the Berean course from the Assemblies of God. And, and, and you know, I don't do that. Be in the ministry or don't be in the ministry. We meet the third Thursday of every month at our house. California's full of that. Texas is full of that. People that get, a, I'll tell you another thing people do. They get a little money, million dollars, three million dollars, and so now they don't want to be submitted to a pastor, so they start their own parachurch ministry. You know, the Bible says, follow, you know, Paul said, follow my example. Follow my example, I'm telling you. When God spoke to me to start a church in Pittsburgh, did I start a home Bible study that meets every other week? And we pray over the strongholds in Pittsburgh? No. We did a full-fledged church with a building and a sound system and a children's ministry. Go If you're going to be in the ministry, go into the ministry. Put that picture up of me preaching in Uganda. If, if I go overseas as an evangelist, I'm not painting homes and, and doing one-on-one -on -one street ministry. Do, do the work of it, and crowds listen intently to what Philip had to say because of the miracles that he did. Either be in the ministry or don't be in the ministry. And I would like you to lean towards don't be in the ministry. And please, if somebody writes, all Christians are to, are to be in the ministry... You know, please don't follow my ministry. All Christians are to minister to people. I'm talking about full-time ministry. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Do it or don't do it. And I would get you to lean towards don't do it. If you have a calling from God, you, you, you get in it. I was at Bible school at 17. And then the, 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 what, three weeks after I graduated, I was, I was on the road preaching. And I would have done it sooner than that. I preached while I was in Bible college at churches. You know, my first meeting was three weeks after graduation. I didn't wait three weeks. I was fortunate it was a miracle to get two meetings. I was going for it. My grandfather, standing on the street corner of Fairmont, West Virginia, with his wife playing the accordion and him preaching because there's no, nobody wanted him to, as a pastor. So he just did his own, you know, I'm going in, I'm doing it. If you don't have that, you're not called into the ministry. The exception would be Smith Wigglesworth type of thing. He got saved later. He got baptized in the Holy Ghost later, then went right into the ministry. That's different. But if you've been saved 20 years, work your job. 
That's why we have an age limit at our church, 18 to or, or for uh, Bible school, 18 to 35. Yeah, are there some exceptions? Yeah. But you know what you pick up mostly over 35? People that just are looking to do something new and they and because you care about eternity as a Christian, you see the value in ministry. That's great. But that does not constitute a divine call in the ministry. Don't disguise your failures in life and business as a call into ministry. Work through them. Build the thing. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Then stay on the path and stay safe. Wayne said, can an evangelist have a business to support his family? I mean, an evangelist can go out at night with a cape on and fight crime. It's not a sin. You can do lots of things. I'm going to say it one more time. Follow my example. What side business do I have that, that, that would produce what this ministry is producing, even if, it's in the, if all you're looking at is finances? Do the thing God gave you to do. Let me tell you something. You got to ask yourself some hard questions in life. Can, a, can an evangelist have a business to support his family? If your evangelistic ministry is not supporting you and your family, it's time to ask yourself some hard questions about whether you're called, and then if you believe you're called, where are you missing it? That in 12 months of preaching, an extra 40 grand doesn't come in the offering, divided over 12 months to support you and your family. And you're not going to hear anybody tell you this, so you know, feel free to watch another YouTube channel if it hurts your feelings or whatever. Everyone's calling. You're going to make it. Don't give up. Okay, watch somebody else. Some people need to give up and do something else. You're doing the wrong thing. Jonah didn't need encouraged on the boat. No, just stick it out. The skies will clear up. Eventually, they'll be smooth sailing ahead. No, there won't be. You're on a boat headed in the wrong direction outside of the will of God. It, you know, God speaks to people by money. When you're in the flow, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. When you're not in the flow, it's dry and stormy and problematic. God spoke to me to start this daily broadcast years ago. The money is proof. God spoke to me to start this church. The provision's there. Fort Worth. The Lord spoke to me to start Fort Worth, and boy, it's been a money pit. We're losing all kinds of money. No, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Everything's a blessing because it's the will of God carries blessing. Obedience produces blessing. Have them delay prayer till 1210. I'll finish, I'll finish within 10 minutes. Thanks for sticking with me. There's many people that disguise their unproductivity as a call to ministry.
We tell our Bible college students, either pastor or be an evangelist. It can go to prophet. It can go to, I'm not saying there's only two gifts, but you should either be traveling and preaching and holding meetings with crowds of people. And if it doesn't start with a crowd, it should grow to a crowd. Not one night. Stay there. Put, put Hawaii back up. Wayne said, so you would not do business on the side? Question mark. I don't know how I can speak any more clearly. I, honest to God, I feel like I'm from like another planet, and there's like a language barrier between me and the earthlings. How, how could that... Let me see Hawaii. No, that's India. I know they look the same when you're racist, like our media team apparently is, but two very different people. Hana, the folding chairs, Helene Hall. My sister on the keyboard. You put it up earlier. No, don't do both, Sally. <laughs> I'm starting to realize why Jesus took off after three and a half years, to be honest with you. I've done my best. <laughs> you folks figure it out. Do both. I'm the literally exact opposite of what I'm teaching. <laughs> Pick one. Not do both. Pick one. Oh, my God. Listen, if you see blood trickling down my ears from high blood pressure, just somebody get me a napkin. Just my two cents. If it take, And I like this lady. If it takes away from the call, it's too time-consuming, not profitable. No, I'm not. It, it's no if it takes. It will take away from the call. What side business could I be running right now as I do, as I preach in five cities in five days? Six cities. Now, what's it going to be? It's Monday, right? Pittsburgh, Fort Worth, Phoenix, Reno, San Diego, L.A. twice. Six cities in a week. But tell me what, what side business I could also be doing that wouldn't take away from that. Paul made tents. But he instructed that people shouldn't do that anymore in the ministry. That those that preach the gospel should make their living by the gospel. Do you understand why I'm teaching on this? Look how friggin' confused people are. Do both. Do, no, don't do both. Pick something. Did Michael Jordan have a business on the side? Or did he play basketball and give his whole focus to it? Larry Bird. Did Tiger, was Tiger Woods opening up restaurants and stuff while he was the top golfer? Or was every waking moment from five in the morning on, hitting golf balls and getting better at golf. Focus, mark out a straight path for your feet. Then stay on the path and stay safe. Or do it your way. But I think I've role modeled pretty clearly for you what can happen if you put all your focus on the one thing God called you to do. 
Let me tell you something. If I had a business on the side, would we have 10 a.m. broadcast, noon prayer, and 7 o'clock service? No. I'd be, I'd post um, a, an Instagram post once a day. Hey, folk, hey, family, our prayer point for today, um, be anxious in nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, make your request known for God. That's our prayer point for today. See you for tomorrow's prayer and fasting. Then off to work. You can't do the ministry. Ministry, ministry is not a full-time job for a one person. It is now a full-time job for 51 people. One ministry. Rodney Howard Brown, 151 people. Triple what me. You can do it the other way, but you're gonna, I can tell you what kind of ministry you're going to have. And I can tell you what kind of ministry you're always going to have. Put that picture back up. This is pre, this is pre-jet. This is not, don't look at me and go, oh, if I had a staff. And I, this is before any of that. Before you pop that up, pop, Papa Magalis' spare bedroom is the office. Push it, push it to 1215. Prayer. You can play, play this downstairs till, till they start. Magalis' spare bedroom. I hope you can see from the comments why, why I'm teaching this. Look how people hearing it directly yelled at them for 10 minutes. So are you, should we, can I? No. You're going to have a sucky ministry and a sucky business. They're both going to suck. I promise you. Yeah, but what about, okay, you want to deal with the one exception in 5,000 people? Rodney Howard Brown does, uh, has businesses on the side. I got news for you. You're not him. You're not 1% of him. Don't, don't, take, don't take an anomaly and make it your pattern. And I know Rodney Howard Brown very well. He's not going out starting businesses. They find him. It's, it's a wealth magnet thing. How could you be any more focused on the ministry than Rodney Howard Brown is? He eats, sleeps, and breathes it. He's not part-time pastor, travel out. So there, when this was our office, this is what I was doing. Helene Hall. Out of a divine calling. I felt to go to Hana. I rented that building. Nobody rented it for me. We went door to door, the people I brought over that helped me. But I went with them and knocked on doors and got people. That's what you're to do as a minister. You're to preach. You're an evangelist? Evangelize. That's me evangelizing. That's right, Jeff. That's what you do as an evangelist. If I was called the full-time and a full-time, a church sprung out of that with a pastor, and I turned it over to Dr. Morocco, and it's still functioning right now. When I, 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 I don't know now. I haven't been back. 
It was financially self-sustaining with extra money to pay a pastor full-time. And then when I got it to that point, I turned it over to Dr. Morocco. I wasn't giving him a burden. I was giving him a blessing. That's how I met Dr. Morocco. Put the income demographic back up. Why? Why are Pentecostals at the bottom? You're getting a taste of it in the comment section. If you tell me, yeah, but I have a business and a ministry, I, I would almost guarantee you, you have a small church, a nothing to middling evangelistic ministry, and a small business that barely, and neither thing's making money. 99 times out of 100, if you get a side business to help supplement your ministry, the business is going to be unprofitable and the ministry is going to be unprofitable. It takes 100% of you to make either one of those things notable. Now, if you want to hear the opposite and you want your ears tickled, you can watch any, you know, anybody else. We're all ministers in. of this time of prayer and fasting forward. Tonight, we're going to have an explosion and carry it forward. Make the changes. Watch the different year you're going to have. You're going to do it. Don't get divided focus. Great scripture, Daniel. Most of you are getting it. James 1.8 in the King James. We'll close with that. Great job, Daniel. Today I feel like I've had a, write, like a five-star writing staff with me. James 1.8. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Two minds. Part of me thinks I, I should go into evangelism, and then part of me, I, I've been doing really well. And, yeah, you're going to stay unstable. So if a double-minded man brings instability, the secret to stability, which is what we started with, is what? Fill it in. If double-mindedness brings instability, what brings stability? Single mind. Single purpose. Look at all the Bible colleges that have been destroyed because they started off a single-purpose Bible school to train ministers of the gospel, and then they added in an English department, liberal arts department, Christian education, and they're all going bankrupt. Single-minded. I want you to write in the comments, and I want you to say it out loud. Lord, give me a single mind toward my single purpose. Lord, give me a single mind for your single purpose for my life. Today is a powerful seed sowing day. Last day of the fast. You've heard me tell the story. Keep me on downstairs, just push prayer to, to 1220. You've heard me tell the story, I was on a fast. I was driving to go teach in the morning. And I put on an evangelist who's 70 years old, who was 70 years old. 
just to listen to something to stir my spirit up on the drive. I fast-forwarded the broadcast on Periscope, if you remember that platform, to 28 minutes and 30 seconds. Because I figured he'd be done greeting all the people online and stuff. So I put it on. It's a replay. So he didn't see me log on. I literally pressed play in the first words out of his mouth. There's a young evangelist watching me who's believing God for great financial increase this year. Uh, all right, I'm listening. When was this, 2017? Seven years ago, so I would have been, what, 34, 35? That's, that's youngish. If you'll sow a $1,000 seed to help this old, old evangelist go around the country one last time, God will give you 100 times as much before the end of this month. I thought, all right. I'll do it. I told Patrick to send him a thousand right then. That was in the middle of January. The hundred thousand, the last night of the meeting that I was preaching in January, the place was packed. I thought, well, here it is, but it was it wasn't even close. January thirty first, check the mail, and there was a check for a hundred. And I never told anybody this. There was a check for a hundred thousand dollars from an uh, uh, like a clearinghouse, like an anonymous check place. <laughs> This is that kind of day for people, for many that are watching because I'm getting ready to make a run through the West Coast. If you'll stand with me financially, we're going there to show the devil he's not going to have any part of America. We're going we're gonna to put the fire of God in believers. People are going to get saved. God's power is going to be demonstrated. If you'll combine your finances with that, you, it is impossible to do that and not see your gift come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over to make room for more. I will cause men to give into you. I wish I had brought it. I go to pick Camila up in the lobby of the church yesterday. She's giving money to people. This is $50 I wanted to give you, then, then uh, 20 to the other family member, 20 to the other family member. So because she was in the middle of doing that, someone had just given me something for Camila that came from out of state. Nothing for me, nothing for Adonis. The Lord spoke to me to give this to your daughter. There she is shelling out money to, to church people. The Lord spoke to me to give this to you. I said, I want you to see this. A silver bar and then 20 silver pieces, just under $1,000 worth of silver coin collectibles who gives that to a 10-year-old? Giving produces extravagant receiving. I never had that happen as a preacher's kid, but I also didn't do what she, she did. Anyone that gives a seed of $10,000 or more today, I'm going to send you my prosperity pack and sign it. I want to challenge you to higher level as we finish this fast. If you're watching the replay, if you're listening on podcast. Why let this time of prayer and fasting go by without sowing the most significant seed into the kingdom you've ever sown? You're believing God for a different outcome? It's not going to be produced by the same seed. Revivaltoday.com. You click give now. If you want to mail a check, Revival Today, P.O. Box 7, Prosperity, Pennsylvania, 15329.
Revival Today, P.O. Buck 7, Prosperity, Pennsylvania, 15329. Don't forget to go to RevivalToday.com and click Claim My Offer. Anyone that sows a seed of 10000 or more, I'm going to send you all three of my books signed. That's a challenge from your business, from your ministry. I'm doing this tour by faith. No sponsoring churches. No guarantee anyone's going to show up. No guarantee of $1 coming in. But our partners and friends that stand with us in an uncommon way give us the ability to do uncommon things. Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit RevivalToday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.